Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in marketing and how to use their podcast to generate leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Savvies, welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm chatting with Stephanie Claremont. She is a registered dietitian by trade who worked clinically for a few years before starting her own business to help people with digestive health issues. Since 2011, she has been helping people online who have IBS as well as doing workshops for professionals with her business, The Leverage Practice. She teaches health practitioners and clinicians how to create an online program for their practice based on her own experiences, research, and best practices she had learned along the way. She also has a podcast called The Leverage Practice Podcast, which is what we'll be chatting about today. So I'm super excited to have Stephanie here to chat today all about the ins and outs of what's working with her podcast. So let's just dive right in. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited that you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive into this episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and, and uh, be in front of your audience and chat with them a little bit about my story. So I am a registered dietitian by trade. So I went to schooling to be an RD and I worked clinically and in the community as well to help people with nutrition for the first few years of my career. But then I started my own business, started my own practice and focused on people with digestive health issues. Through that, I had a lot of colleagues I guess over the last seven years, ask me how I was doing things. So the very first workshop I ran for dietitians was I was teaching a lot of cooking and they were like, how do you, how are you teaching cooking? So I created a live in-person workshop, flew around the country teaching, teaching cooking, teaching how to teach cooking. Uh, and that one workshop that I did in person around the country uh, turned into more workshops for professionals and then online workshops for professionals because I couldn't reach everyone, which then turned into online course, uh, courses, programs, memberships, all kinds of stuff for that clinical practice that I originally had set up in 2011 when I started my business. So I was now helping people with IBS online in different versions of my online program. And so over a couple of years, I tried a 12 week program. I tried office hours and no office hours and layered it with one-to-one in a combined program. And then I reformatted it into a membership. And over the course of a couple of years and to date now, I've created 10 online programs memberships, workshops, courses, held a lot of different webinars and launched over 70 times. So my current business and what my podcast focuses on is called The Leverage Practice. I teach health practitioners and clinicians how to create an online program for their practice based on a lot of my experience in my own business as well as with my clients and I bring in the research and best practices to do that. So the podcast kind of came as a part to my customer's journey. So how I can connect with these health practitioners and clinicians and just, you know, in the customer journey, how I can show them I'm a trusted, credible resource and give them some help along the way. Right. And I think that's like a perfect thing because I'm sure the people that you're targeting are very, very busy and reading a blog may not always be something that they can sit down and do. But listening to podcasts is more attainable because you can do that pretty much anywhere, anytime, um, doing laundry and things like that versus like, ooh, blog posts. Got to sit down and actually like focus your mind on that specific thing. So I think that's a good content stream for your audience and pretty much any audience, really. I mean, everyone's busy these days, but yeah, 
Cool. Well, I loved hearing a little bit more about your story and kind of how a podcast integrates into that. Um, but how long have you been podcasting for? I think I know this personally, but yeah, I, yeah <laughs> for everyone else. Listening. It's recent. It is recent for me. I have to think about like what actual month. I feel like I launched it in February or March, like earlier this year, maybe in the spring. I just recorded episode 38, which will air in November. I'm like very ahead with my guest interviews. Um, so I, I think it has been, it's been several months now that we've been doing it. Yeah. I think it was March or April, something like that. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I remember when you started and, uh, just kind of seeing how you've grown since then and kind of learned the ins and outs of podcasting. Cause yeah, not something you just learn overnight and then, you know, you're good. It's just something you continue like improving and all that stuff. So. Yeah. And like adding to, right? Like when we started and I feel like you would probably agree with this, you just get your podcast out there, right? You create your podcast, you figure out all the things, maybe you hire someone to help you with it and you're just getting it out there. And then as it's out there, you're like, okay, how can I do more? How can I use social to promote this? How can I get more listeners? How can I, you know, get on other podcasts? How can I do this better. And so I think since then, now that we're, um, I guess not maybe six months in, maybe not quite six months in, we're starting to, like you said, think about, okay, now we know how to do a basic podcast, get it out every week. You know, I have my, you know, my helpers in place in doing that are, how can we advance this? How can we get this in front of more people? It's, you know, there can be phases to it. So I think we're in that second phase of, of creating, um, just, I mean, we're creating the content with the podcast. So now personally, we're starting to think about, okay, we have the podcast. How else can we use this content? And this is where you and I chatted the other day when I was like, what transcription app should I use? Jenny knows. Jenny knows the tech answers. And so we've started to use the transcription app and we're going to start in the next couple of months to play around with using that, those words from the podcast in our blog and potentially in other places. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, there's like the build phase, which is like, when you're starting the podcast, you're kind of starting to get into it. You're putting out consistent episodes and then you go into like the grow phase, which is like getting more listeners, getting on other people's shows, you know, being yeah. your stuff. And then, you know, eventually some people don't even make it to the third stage, which is like monetize. Um, but that's okay. You know, you don't have to monetize your podcast. So it's just like kind of those three steps and a lot mm-hmm. of stay in the second step, which totally fine. But um, it's definitely, you don't want to stay in the build stage forever, basically. So, yeah. So I know you kind of do a mix of like solo and interviews, correct? Yes. And you're doing weekly episodes. We do weekly episodes and I stagger, I is stagger the right word. I alternate them. So one week it's a solo cast. Is that what we call it? Solo cast. Mm-hmm. And one week is, uh, an interview. And I, I don't know if I, I thought I would start that way. Like the first six episodes when I launched, I wanted to launch with some content so people could binge listen. And so I launched with six episodes and they were all me. And then I had some guest interviews with people who I thought were great for my audience, but also I wanted to get in front of their audiences. So they were guests on my podcast in the early stages. And then I think I just got into this habit or into, I just liked the feel of not always doing interviews, but alternating them. So there's a little bit of me teaching and you're getting my perspective and seeing me as a consultant and a coach as someone who can help you because I run uh, workshops and I do consulting for people to help them create online programs for their practice. So I wanted to really see, I want them to feel what it's like to get advice and get support from me. But then I also find that, um, the guest part is really interesting. So Jenny, what, what I'm doing with guests or what I'm playing around with right now is I have past clients on as guests. And I like this for two reasons. One, 
oh my gosh, it's such amazing content. Like you as a health practitioner get to hear other health practitioners who have gone through the process of creating an online program, launching it, delivering it, uh, doing it a second time, a third time, making money off of it. And you get to hear their stories and also get ideas of what you might do in your practice and also hear some of the hurdles and struggles. So as you start to get into doing this, you have some expectations that it's not just going to be easy breezy, make a million dollars doing it. And so that content is really good, but it also helps, I think, my business for you to see my clients who I've supported be successful. It gives you kind of a taste of what the uh, opportunity or the potential is in going through my framework and, and my process of, of teaching you to do that. So we do that. And then I'm having some guests on in the fall who are actually advisors to my program. So because I run workshops, um, my guests in the fall will um, support my members and in like a long-term membership that will happen after the core curriculum, like the core workshop, my students will need to continue to learn about things like podcasting, like content, like Instagram, like website strategy, like all these things. And so um, those guests on my podcast are actually a part of my company as advisors. So they will be teaching workshops as well. So my guests are very strategic for me. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's really cool. And it kind of shows that there's no clear cut way to run a podcast. Like you don't have to just have random guests that apply, you know, I mean, as long as it's relevant, but you can have your clients, your students, your, you know, an advisory board kind of like you do, like there's yeah. no one way to do it. And it's, that's really cool. And that's what makes every podcast unique because everyone kind of does things differently. Even if they do have a mix of solo and guests, you know, it's, everything is so different. It's just really cool to learn more about everyone's show. Um, so I love that. And I think that's really helpful to kind of have those kind of testimonials and case studies, like in a live, kind of a live form, not necessarily live, but like, you know, yeah. audio than just like our pre-written uh, script or something. Yeah. Well, and they're like 40 minute conversations, right? There's so much more than like a 10 minute video testimonial, which I don't know, do people really want to watch video testimonials anymore? They're always like so slow off the get go. You're like, oh, I don't know if I have time for this. And I think like, it's so much more than a testimonial, right? It's yes, like, but it's such a great story too. And, and my guests share what works for them and what their advice is to other people. So I think that that's cool. Right. And I think it's so much more authentic to have it on a podcast form than like, oh, hey, make me this video testimonial. Yeah. It feels more scripted. And with a podcast, it's like, typically they will say what comes to their heart versus like writing out a script and then filming like a 10 minute video. So. Well, and now we're trying to think about again, and I, I would love to hear like your expertise on all of this repurposing. I'm sure you have episodes on it and, and all different ways people can hear more about it, but you know, that's where we're at. And like you said, this growing stage, because if I have, let's say five clients who have done podcasts with me, we have the audio, but how else can we put together, um, how can not just the transcript, but we're kind of thinking, well, can we take the transcript and build it out into a case study story? So when people are like, Hey, I'm thinking of working with you, we can say, Hey, go to this case study, read it or listen to the podcast episode or, you know, whatever. And so I think the amazing thing about a podcast and that we're experimenting with is it's just one piece of content. For me, it's so easy because I'm such a damn talker. It takes way more time for me to type out the article for like four hours. And I just do a brief outline and then I do my recording or I do my interview. And I think then we have this piece of content that we can use in so many different ways, which is really, really exciting. And I don't think I looked at previous Facebook Live. I had a Facebook Live show for a while. My Facebook Live show or my, my articles, like I didn't look at them in the same way. But now that we have the audio file, we can do so much with it, which is really right. fun. 
Right. Yeah. You can make it into like long form case studies, like social media posts, kind of doing client spotlights on like Instagram or stories or whatever. There's so many things you can do with it. It's crazy. So yeah, definitely a really good um, medium if you want to have a lot of content that you're able to repurpose over and over and over again. So yeah. Cool. So when it comes to your podcast, what do you feel like it is working the best at this very moment? Like this can be anything like, you know, your, your strategy for promotion or whatever you feel like it's just working really, really well. And you're really satisfied. Mm, that's a good question. I think we're really um, didn't have a lot of expectations and we really are in the evaluation stage. So when I think about what's working, I would say that I think people like it. So I get an email or an Instagram message here or there, not super, it's not like every day that people are listening to the podcast and they really like it. Um, what I think I hear from some of my listeners is that they're not quite ready to create an online program, but they love listening to me talk about it and it allows them to visualize how it may work a year from now. And so I think what I'm hearing is that people are using my podcast as warming them up to an idea that's big and overwhelming and scary and they're not there yet. And so keeping people warm, you know, in our customer journey is important if, if we've tried to sell them and they're not ready to buy, but they will buy a year or two from now. So I think what I'm hearing from people is, and I wouldn't have guessed that, like I saw the podcast as okay, you hear about me, you think you want to work with me. And so how do you get to know me? You listen to the podcast. It's kind of the middle of the customer journey where you can go to my website and listen to my podcast and see that I'm legit and credible and, and, you know, helpful and hear my clients and things like that. And so I do think that that works in there, but I think that what I'm hearing from people more is that they're, it's such a big topic for health practitioners. We are not online. It's not any part of our training. It's kind of scary. There are lots of problems with regulatory and licensing, all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's almost like people are, are need a longer, it's the longer journey that they go into the podcast, which is really fun to hear about. And they like it, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of those things, like so many people forget about those people that are stuck in that middle ground. They're, you know, they either have their cold or their warm leads but they don't have like the lukewarm people or they don't ever make a nurture for them. So that's kind of what your podcast is serving as like a nurture for those lukewarm people. They're not hot, but they're not cold. So you're just like hanging out in the middle and you don't want to like get rid of those people, but you also don't want, you know, you don't want to isolate them, but you also don't want to put like tons of focus on them. So having that podcast is really great to get them to continue consuming what you have to offer. And then whenever they're ready to buy them, you know, they'll be first on the list basically. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, obviously having people that like your content is good. Yeah. Oh, it means it's working. They actually like it. And I've actually tracked a lot of data with my other business, which is I still run that program for people with IBS. And we've looked at our email marketing and we have real data to show that people stay on my email list before they buy that IBS program right. for sometimes a couple of months, five months, six months, but sometimes 12 months or 24 months. And so I have this data that really proved to me, you know, people can say that people buy right away or people buy in the future, but to see the numbers behind it and go, wow, someone was on my email list, getting my sales pitches, getting my emails for two years before they bought really right. helps me understand how content fits into people have different journeys and that like, we don't want those people to just disappear. We want to stay top of mind. So I think that I didn't originally think that that was part of the podcast, but I think that now it's, it's working in that way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So cool. That's awesome. Um, so now kind of going to the other side of things, um, 
I don't love this word, but it's the only way that I can think to word this, but what is a failure that you had with your podcast, if any, and what did you learn for it, from it? It doesn't have to be a failure. It just has to be maybe like, a yeah. or something like that, or something you wish you had done better basically. Yeah. Um, well, some things we're working on now, maybe that we don't feel like are working very well. Um, one thing would be getting new listeners to the podcast. So like we were saying, now we're in the growth stage. So we're thinking of audience growth for the podcast. And so, yeah, so that's, we're not really getting a lot of new listeners to it. So we're trying to figure out how to better use social media to engage with our clients and potentially either Jenny, like get people to listen to the podcast from Instagram or what um, I've been talking a lot with my friend who's very good at Instagram. Uh, you know, we've been talking a little bit about being native to the platform and again, how we can use the content from the podcast and actually put that content in Instagram, repurpose it so that they're getting revalue right within the platform. Mm -hmm. um, from what I understand, people want to stay within the platform. So they want to stay within Instagram. It takes a lot for them to go and leave. And so we don't always want to be like, go listen to the podcast, go listen to the podcast. But we have this incredible incredible content from the podcast that now we're going to experiment with by putting right inside of Instagram. So we're giving that value right there. Um, because like I said, we, we, you know, that's part of it is like getting people towards it. And then, um, I think, you know, moving into the next six months, we'll be trying to grow that audience with uh, being on guests on other kinds of podcasts and then repurposing the content. So maybe we can put those articles from the podcast on LinkedIn, on medium, on sources like that. So still repurposing it, um, but helping us grow our audience. And then we think, you know, they'll listen to the podcast. So that's kind of something that isn't working super well that we're trying to put some more focus on now to say, well, how can we grow our audience for the podcasts? We want to do that. I do about, I think our average is about 200 listeners an episode, which I think is reasonable. And from what I hear is like above average, which is, which is fun. Um, but we, you know, we would really like to grow that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely above average for how short of a time you've been podcasting. Uh, podcasting is a slow burn. Um, I tell myself that uh, that's apparently what I like to do because I did Pinterest before and that's a slow burn. Podcasting <laughs> yeah. is a slow burn. I'm like, I just do all these things that take tons of time to get results and I don't know why I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's looking at your business differently too, where it's investment. Like I have clients who are like, I'm going to put a bunch of money into Facebook ads and just see what happens. And I'm like, that is a waste of money. Like yes, podcasting or Pinterest, or I mean, so many things are an investment in our business for a long term, but we're committing to it. It's a commitment. Podcast is a damn commitment. And it's great because then you are kind of committing to be doing your business and like being like, okay, I'm in this for the long game. Right? Like, right. I think that those kinds of strategies are harder to commit to, but they probably work out better mm -hmm. faster, yeah. even though it's not because we can burn so much cash on quick stuff that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. I think as long as you have like a really good strategy and you're very like, you know, you have a good thing in place so that you're making sure that you're constantly putting out episodes and it's quality and things like that, then it, it's a lot better than just throwing a bunch of money at Facebook ads on a product that you haven't even validated or something. So yeah. Definitely, definitely very key. Um, so, and I love that you were very open, like, okay, like we want to grow and, you know, everyone kind of gets in that phase where they're like, okay, cool. I need to go from this number to this number. And that's completely fine. Like, I mean, it's just kind of the stages of business really. <laughs> You're kind of, it's kind of like starting a new little side business because it's a new stream um, of content. Yeah. Even though you already have your like built-in audience, you still need more people because not everyone knows you have a podcast yet or not everyone 
cares about podcasting. So you need to kind of hone into different audiences that maybe wouldn't have been on your original like email list or audience already. So. Well, and I love that you're kind of talking about it like it's a separate stream or a separate project because we as a team are investing about 10 hours a week right now, not my time, someone else's time, 10 hours a week to transcribe that information, put it up on our blog, put it on, you know, Libsyn, like share it on social media. Like we are, that's, and that's just minimal, right? Like we're just, we started with about five or six hours, I think. And now we're up to 10 just on the podcast. And that doesn't take into account the hours that I put in recording the podcast or, you know, meeting with guests and managing that part of it. So it really, I like that because you really have to look at it like, not like, Oh, I'm going to do this thing. Oh, I'm going to do a Facebook live. Like, no, you're putting strategy behind it. You're committing to it and you're doing it consistently and you're investing time and energy and potentially money into it to, to grow it, you know? So that's exactly how we look at it. And yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it's already doing a great job for our brand. I think it really, I think a podcast really legitimizes you as an individual because you're showing up consistently because you're showing up in a publishing content way. That's not um, just showing up on social, not that social isn't important and great, but I think it really helps with um, the credibility part. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easier for people to connect via audio than it is like via writing sometimes because I mean, video is really powerful too, but audio just kind of makes people feel like they know you better because you're actually, they're actually hearing your voice. Um, you know, if you have a video podcast, they can see you too. But, um, I just think audio and then video as well just really helps kind of get those people intrigued a lot quicker than just seeing an Instagram post, on, you know, or a Facebook post or a blog post or whatever. So. Yeah. And and when you said to me like you, that you thought a podcast was great for my audience, uh, we actually did some testing on various content before we got into a podcast. And so my audience being a clinician, a health practitioner, those, and it's not everyone, but the, I don't think that they tend to stay on a social app for very long. And so right. I actually ran a Facebook live show for this audience for four or five months or so. And every week did a show, did the consistent content, did a, did an interview, did a bunch of different kinds of things. And then we related that into sales. Like we evaluated how that contributed to sales and our launch and whatnot. And it didn't. We also tracked how long people actually stayed on a 20, 30, 40 minute show, which is just like a podcast. Often podcasts are even longer than that. And people didn't view it for very long. And the whole point was we wanted them to be on the entire show. We wanted to connect with them for 20 to 30 minutes. So testing out that strategy on Facebook with this Facebook live show really showed that my audience doesn't consume content there. But I know for a fact, if they sign up for a webinar, they're going to be on that webinar for a full hour and most of them are going to show up live. And so taking some of the experimentation with like the kind of content that they like to consume, I realized that, well, I thought that a podcast would be a better way for them to consume information. And from what I've gathered, people are listening to it in the car on their way to work or on the way home because right. they're busy people yeah. and they can't watch a Facebook live video in the car for no. 20 minutes. And so <laughs> yeah, I'm possible, I'm very unsafe if you're going to do it. And so you know, I think um, fitting into people's lives, testing some content before understanding our clients specifically. And like you said, it's probably the case for many, many people. A podcast is a great way to connect with people. Uh, yeah. So that's part of why we, we've built it out this way as well, is we tested those other things and they just weren't connecting. Like they weren't, I want them to absorb all the content, not 15 seconds, you know? Right. right. 
Yeah. And I just feel like podcasting is becoming more and more popular every single year. There's more people listening. There's more people finding out what that little purple app on their iPhone is. <laughs> I mean, for a while I was like, can I delete this app? Like, is this yeah. possible? I don't know what this is. And <laughs> I, <laughs> Apple does not let you delete it. So I'm glad I didn't, but there was a time where I didn't want that app on my phone. Cause they, oh, that's so interesting. They don't let you delete it. They want yeah. you to do podcasts. Yeah. They, well, they have like their specific apps that they want on their phone. And that's, that's one of them <laughs> that you can't get rid of. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's just like one of those things you just kind of, people are going to continue diving into podcasts and figuring out what they are. Like there's still like a lot of people I will tell them in real life, like people that are in the entrepreneur space, like, Oh, I have a podcast or I have a podcast management agency. And they're like, what? They're like, I know what a podcast is, but I don't listen. But you know, in two years, those people are probably going to love podcasts as much as I do. Well, maybe not, but you know, (laughs) they're going to enjoy podcasts. But so it's just, there's so many people that are going to be turned on the podcast in the next couple of years. It's so, it's such a good time to start your show like now Um, or, you know, in the past year, even like the beginning of 2020, because it's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And it'll get harder to get people on your site. Just like with blogs, blogs had that boom and everyone had a blog. And the people who started like in 2009, had a really great turnout because they were able to build the SEO and all that stuff. And I think podcasting is the same way. So like right now is like the perfect time. Mm, yeah, for sure. Cool. So, um, where do you find that you're currently getting your listeners from? I mean, obviously some of them came from your pre-existing audience, but, um, you know, do you feel like social media is contributing to new listeners and things like that? Yeah. So we have, I have a, a free Facebook group has about 1300 dietitians on it. So we promote it in there. I have a small Facebook page, about 2000 people, 2000 likes. So we share it there. A small Instagram account. Um, I think that one's about 1200 or so too. So we have these, and then I have an email list of around a thousand. So these little groups of a thousand people here and there that we're using, I think like I said, like some of the guests I've had will share with their readers and then me being a guest on other people's podcasts are bringing them towards my podcast. Uh, so those are just some of the ways that we see people listening to the podcast. Yeah. I think, I think being a guest is huge or like having like a good solid guest on yours because I found like either the days when I'm a guest on someone else's show or I have like a really good guest that has like a lot of clout that's the days that I get way more downloads than normal. So it's, it's, I think that's a really good strategy. I mean, social media is going to help, but it's going to be a slower thing. I feel like the days that you're like a guest or you have a really awesome guest on your show, that's when you see your downloads are like, woo, they go really fast. Yeah. <laughs> days where you have like 400 downloads a day versus like, you know, 200 or something. So I think that that's really helpful. And I think that's something that it would be really great for you to focus on. I know that you've been doing that lately, but I think that's, yeah definitely going to help you grow your listenership for sure. Yeah. I think it's hard for me specifically. I don't know what your advice is on this, but it's hard for us to figure out what podcasts are where my audience is because I have a very specific health practitioner audience. There are not a lot of podcasts for health practitioners. And so I may need to start going on other podcasts that maybe our entrepreneurs or that have some of my audience in it, but not all of my audience because we, you know, we, we got a list of 20, you know, we listened to them, we investigated them. And then when you cut them down to who's posting regularly, who has guests who, you know, we really had like four. (laughs) So (laughs) we were like, okay, we'll pitch those four. And then after that, we need some new ideas. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like what you have to offer can apply to general businesses too, because you have a lot of great tips about launching and stuff that can apply to everyone, not just people specifically in your industry. So I think, I mean, general business podcasts would be good for you too, um, because you know, those, even if they aren't your ideal audience, they can still use that. And then when they think of someone, oh, my friend does this, cool, I'm gonna refer them to her. Um, yeah. But then they can also use your tips in their own business. So I think I think that'll be a good strategy too. Plus, you know, people are curious. Like anytime I hear a cool guest, I'll go and check out their show too and subscribe. I mean, I may, I may not stay forever, but it definitely helps bump it up for the time being. Um, so yeah, I think that, that's a good strategy. I mean, obviously you're, you're a little more niche than a lot of people. A lot of people can just like, I'm going to apply to every business podcast ever, but like, you know, that's doesn't work for everyone. So yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a good strategy, um, to continue on, even though it seems like you're only hitting like a little tiny portion of your audience and it's not like everyone is in that field. So yeah. So when it comes to taking those listeners and turning them into clients or customers, what are you doing for that um, at this point? Like, or what are, you, what are you working towards to make that become a reality? Yeah, we just have a simple call to action. So I always say on my podcast, if you have any questions, if you want to connect about anything that we've talked about on the podcast, to find me on Instagram or to send me an email. And then the, um, the outro of our podcast just asks you to join us at a workshop. So it's just a straight call to action to, if you want more help with this, to check out the next enrollment for the Leverage Practice Workshop. So, um, so it's just straight there. <laughs> Are you using like specific links that are related just for the podcast so you can tell who is coming from the podcast and who's coming from other places? Nope, not at all. So we're, so I don't send them anywhere except the workshop. And so I, I actually just have send them, I think to the URL, the leveragepractice.com. And then when to get to the workshop, it's a forward slash workshop. So we could actually have a URL that was like, go to tlpworkshop.com or something. And that mm -hmm. could direct them. Specifically, yeah. um, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, just I don't direct them to the workshop page. I just direct them to the website. So we could definitely do that. That would be very good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I always recommend for people because then you know how many people are actually coming to the podcast, and you know, so you can separate it and figure out where the traction is coming from. Because then when you start seeing people come to the podcast, you're like, "Ooh, this is exciting!" People are actually like typing in this URL instead of like clicking it somewhere where they can actually click it. So yeah, I think that's that's a good idea. Um, to do but yeah I think directing them to a workshop or having a call to action journal is great because a lot of people don't even do that which is makes me sad uh I can say I was guilty of that <laughs> I mean I told them to go to my Facebook group but I didn't have like actual like hey here's this that I have for you or whatever it's just like oh go join my Facebook group you know that's, yeah. not, that's not that big of a call to action but yeah I think I think that would be really good for you awesome and then when it comes to listenership and keeping those people coming back for more, how do you kind of like do that? What do you, what are you, what are you doing to keep those people around? That's a good question. So um, I've seen other people talk about the next upcoming episode like they do on TV. You know, on TV, they're like, on Thursday's show, we're going to be doing this person. And I'm like, oh, we could learn so much from TV. They're so smart. We don't do anything. We have a small email list so people can subscribe to get an email every week about what the podcast episode is. And that's about it. We promote it on social media. So there's no like incentive to come back again next week or the week after if you do listen to one episode. We do, we did install Jenny on our website, um, the smart podcast player. Okay. Uh, by what? 
by what's his name? What's uh-huh. that guy? <laughs> by the amazing Pat Flynn. Yeah. So we invested. <laughs> it's a small monthly fee, I think. And we, we did the smart podcast player on our website. So if you listened to the podcast on our website, like if we drove you to the website from an email, then the smart podcast player does have like multiple episodes. That you can mm-hmm. there. So I think they've built it. So people kind of stay around and see different things, but yeah, not, not much besides that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things. I, I do think that's a really good idea. If you are planned in advance, if you're telling them like, Hey, in the next episode, we're going to do this. But I know for me, I don't, <laughs> I don't record it. I record things in a, so far in advance and then I switch my schedule around that I'm like, I'm not going to tell them like, Hey, in this next episode, we're talking about this. Cause what if it changes? And then I have to go like edit it. And it's just, yeah. but, but I think I've, I've heard a lot of people that do that and they said it works really well for them or like in the beginning, they like, say you are not going to want to miss this because we're talking about the number one secret to bring your Instagram followers into clients or whatever. I just made that up off the top of my head. (laughs) I love that where they kind of do a, uh, so yeah, where they kind of do like a prelude of what's in that episode. So you actually listen. I think that's super smart. I think that's going to take a little more uh, a little more time and money for our team to, to do that. It's an investment. And I think that that would be a great, like a great goal for us to do in the future. We are pretty planned out with our schedule and yes, I do move things sometimes, but I don't need to like we, you, we could just like solidify our plan. I know that sometimes I have said, but just not consistently like, Hey, I'm recording an episode in a few episodes on launching, or I might actually think I do this more often is refer to a past episode, which I think is still cool. Cause not everyone listens to all your past episodes. So the, I wrote, recorded a few yesterday and one of them, I said, you know, this episode is great. It builds upon episode 36. So if you right. haven't listened to 36 before 38, listen to it before or listen to it after. So I think some, I think that's a really good, um, even if I just had it up on my screen, I could look at it as I was talking and be like, and go to, and like, just have it up there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and you traditionally do that in your blog content, right? You would be backlinking to other articles. So we could, uh, you just gotta kind of be crafty about it and try to remember where, like, cause obviously you don't know exactly what episode everything's in, but yeah, I think that's really important. And that's something I do as well. I link back like, Oh, in this episode, we talked about this, if this is something you're interested in, I tell them the name of the episode and the number so that they can easily look it up. And I think that's a really good way to kind of like get people not only listen to the current episode, but going back. Yeah. So, cause you know, then that increases like your downloads and different things like that. So awesome. And then so when it comes to tools that you use in your business, I always like to ask questions like this because I'm a tool junkie, as you know, but mm-hmm. bonus points here, if it is something that actually helps you with your podcast. Yeah. So I think a couple new tools, like we're using Otter, Jenny's recommendation to transcribe so far, Elizabeth loves it and it's super easy to do. So that one is useful for us. I think smart podcast player, those are the two that we're using with our podcast. I do use my team uses later for Instagram posting, which we use to promote the podcast, which, you know, those are kind of, I think our main, we use a ton of tools, right? We have an online business. So I I like people always get overwhelmed with my list and I'm like, this is barely anything. This is like the basics of business. Business. And so I would say like those really help us manage, you know, those, those couple of things, but we have lots of tools. Like I have Canva pro, which is great. Cause I can sort out all my damn images with different categories, you know, and I have like paid Calendly so I can have a couple different appointments there. Like we have a lot of little paid apps that we've paid for. Um, I also actually, Jenny, I just invested in sweet process, which oh, yeah, is yeah. 
I've heard of that. Yeah, for my processes. So people look at Process Street or they look at Sweet Process. I used Process Street, didn't love it, but I use Sweet Process now. And that's an investment. That's like 40 bucks a month, but it is so seamless to mapping out how we actually do things. And it gives me confidence in my team and in like the, the what that we have like a catalog of our processes right. somewhere. So I really love those tools. I use a lot of tools, but yeah. I do too. No, I love it. And I love when people like people are like, can I mention more than one? I'm like, yeah. Like mm-hmm. you don't only have one tool that you love. Let's be real. Like if I, I couldn't only pick one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I've not, I've not used um, sweet processes yet. I usually just like put stuff in a Google drive and then link to like loom videos. But um, yeah. Yeah. That's how we did it. That's how we built out our manual in the first place. Um, and we had like our whole, we built, we spent six months building all our processes in Google drive and, and you know, there's just something a little different with, for me anyways, using sweet process. It just flows differently visually. I like a good tool that makes things look easy and simple and like flows well. And you can like create checklists and people can track when they're doing stuff. And so, but that's what we did. There's nothing wrong with that. We totally did that in the, in the beginning. And, and um, yeah, I just wanted a manual. I just wanted it to be a little bit different. So no, I, I get that. And you can even do a podcast SOP too. So yes, we have a couple. (laughs) See? Yeah. This is like, it helps for when you're hiring people in the future and things like that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then lastly, I have to ask this question as I'm interviewing podcasters. um, What is your current favorite podcast? It doesn't have to be a businessy show. It can be anything, just something that you like to listen to um, or you're finding yourself listening to right now. Oh yeah. Well, it's, I have to pull myself away from any kind of business book or podcast. Right. It's basically all I listen to, right. but, um, I, I love how you said current too, because <laughs> of course it depends on the time of year. Like my yeah. podcast loves change right now. I cannot stop listening to how I built this by NPR. Oh yeah. I, love I am like addicted to it. It's incredible stories of big businesses like Stonyfield yogurt. And I just listened to like Bumble and like all these different like apps or food products. And they're like big businesses and that they sell for a bazillion dollars. Like it's just such incredible entrepreneurs sharing their stories. So I love that podcast. I listen to it all the time. Um, I also will listen to, oh, and Sarah Christensen told me about that podcast and she runs the mastermind show podcast, which I also love. Um, I don't know what else I listen to. I got a bunch on here. I like, um, well, when I don't want to listen to, uh, um, business stuff, Jenny, I will listen to this crazy podcast by a bunch of moms called mom truths, which is ridiculous. Uh, it's not, it's just ridiculous. So yeah, I listen to a lot right now. I really just listen to a couple of those. Sometimes I listen to Lindsay's podcast, Spark and Victory. Oh yeah, Lindsay's is good. Yeah, she, yeah, she I need a little like butt kicking or a little like coaching or a little like tip. Like I'll, I'll dig into that one. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because I'm like, the, I'm the same way. I mean, I listen to my clients' podcasts to support them. Yeah. I, I will, sometimes I'll actually listen on the player and then obviously I have to listen to it when I'm like doing the stuff on the back end. Yeah. But um, I, I don't really listen that many anyway either. And I, I think I only listen to Emily Hirsch's because I am interested in Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, but I don't listen to like the general businessy ones anymore. I mostly listen to true crime actually. That's, yeah. That's, that's so my jam. So. Yeah. 
and you know, the season, like I was listening to Emily Hirsch's podcast for a while and I was like, I'm not going to do that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I loved, I loved it. I love her tips. They're really great. And then I was like, ah, I don't need this right now. And I listened to Brooke Castillo's life coach school for a while. And then I was like, ah, uh, I really want to get into armchair expert. Oh I'm, yeah. I've heard a lot of people talk yeah. about that one. I think the mindless ones are like really good for where, you know, we're at in business. Cause we don't really need a ton of tips really thrown our way. It's just like mindless stuff to help you zone out. And my, my mindless stuff is true crime, which is still learning. Yeah. It's yeah. well, totally. And I think that's why I love how I built this because it's almost like a, it's, you know what I think it is? It's like reading a biography in an hour and listening to it because yeah. it's a story. And I was saying to my husband, like, I still kind of feel like I'm being inspired to grow my business and be an, be amazing entrepreneur, but it's really good. It's just really a good story. Yeah, it's, more you know? of a story. it's not like, XYZ to launch your, your um, new course or whatever. So. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't handle any more tips. You're like, my brain is full of tips. So <laughs> like, I already know all this. I don't need to be told again. <laughs> yeah. So, well, just let us know where we can find you. So your podcast, your website, your social channels, all that good stuff. Yeah. So everything is the leverage practice. So Instagram is at the leverage practice. My website is the leverage practice.com and the podcast is right there on the website, but also iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's the leverage practice podcast, very cohesive, clean branding. We want you to be able to find us. So that's where you can find me. And uh, if you are in health and you have any questions about creating an online program or interested in what I do, I've happy to jump into an email with you or, or hear from you. So I just appreciate you uh, for letting me be here and share my journey with podcasting, Jenny. Of course. Thanks so much. I'll leave everything in the show notes so everyone can go check you out. And thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 130. Make sure to join the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. See you next time. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook and Instagram at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community. See you in the next episode.